Why would a bouncer make a good Hallmark employee? Because he's always carting people. This is Sexy Dad Jokes. This is Johnny Spaz. Welcome to episode five of Sexy Dad Jokes. Hey, Benjamin, hope you're feeling the love this Valentine's Day. Hey there, Johnny Spaz. Oh, you know it. I guess V-Day during a pandemic means we're celebrating this day at our own dinner tables. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, we're definitely staying in this year over here. Well, except that I thought I won the argument on how to arrange the dining room furniture. But when I woke up this morning, the tables were turned. <laughs> hey, but uh, I want to give a shout out to those who don't have a Valentine this day. And, you know, I can relate. I once fell in love with someone who only knew four vowels. They didn't know I existed. Oh! <laughs> hey, hey, guys, guys, did you know that once I got arrested on Valentine's Day? Oh, no, Mers. What did you do this time? Well, they threw me in the slammer. For stealing my lady's heart. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Willikers, sounds like quite an arrested development. Hey, oh. it's Square 50's guy. Say there, what did the calculator say to the pencil? What? You can count on me. <laughs> oh boy, that pencil's really got the calculator's number there. Okay, all together now. Welcome, Welcome to <laughs> it's February 14th, 2021, St. Valentine's Day, a day when we do what men historically have been so very good at, expressing our love to those we care about. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode five of Sexy Dad Jokes. This podcast is about our journey to be better men, exploring what is toxic in our masculinity and striving to live out a more healthy form of manliness. I'm Ben Jamin, here with Johnny Spaz, Mike Murs, and Square 50's Guy. On this Valentine's Day, we take a hard look at ways we can express how we're feeling about each other without having to sacrifice our sense of masculinity. Because if we're going to pander to a manufactured capitalist construct of a holiday, we might as well do it right. Hey guys, guys, what Valentine's Day candy is best to give a girl? Mm-hmm. What? Her, she kisses. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Although we are inclusive of everyone on this show, regardless of where they are on the gender spectrum with the pronouns and whatnot. Okay. 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 Then how about Z them kisses? <laughs> I don't know how that would taste, but, uh, well, you Z them. That's very inclusive though. By the way, we never talked about this. Are, are we all? he hymns here i'm just assuming i feel like that's just to me that's yeah i I don't don't know what else i answer more quickly to that than i do other things but i'll answer to almost anything i've been (laughs) called worse by better Mm. (laughs) that's winston churchill by the way (laughs) that's his quote He didn't say that. That's that's, that's FDR. That's like uh, Delano Roosevelt. That's our guy. <laughs> Churchill was the PM of Britain. Oh uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. FDR but the reason we ask is as a practice of being inclusive. Even though the answer might be obvious in some cases, by asking the question, we give the opportunity for those who don't identify in heteronormative ways to be able to to state sort of what their own pronoun preferences are. So, okay. And finally today, we look at those who are single on Valentine's Day, whether by choice or not. This overly saccharine consumeristic day arbitrarily devoted to honoring our romantic partners presents fertile ground for disgruntled bitterness. And we want to be here for that. This holiday actually goes a long way toward creating conditions for toxicity both for those who are partnered and those who aren't. In our quest to be better men, it's important that we open our eyes to this. But first, we want to thank everyone who tuned in at various points on our four-and-a-half-hour-long live stream (laughs) where we did the unthinkable and told 1,000 dad jokes. (laughs) I I still can't believe it. (laughs) I'm still catching my breath. On February 2nd, we went live for 1K on Groundhog Day on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. It was just incredible. And after eight minutes of technical issues, we're still getting the hang of the live stuff. We got into it, and my arms were sore for days after all those push-ups. <laughs> yeah, I was certainly certainly feeling it um, there for quite some time. For a couple of days after, I haven't done push-ups like that. In a while, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was all right. It was probably good actually for me to do that a little bit. We should have had a counter for the pushups. We yeah. really, uh, should have. Yeah. I wonder who did the most. Uh, you did by far. <laughs> uh, Is that because I, I, I keep messing up the most. So it's, well, yeah. It's so why, a- why did we have to do pushups? Uh, well, we had rules. Yeah. The rules were one, they were bathroom breaks. Um, well gone. The dad jokes continued. Uh, upon return, five push-ups or ten seconds of planking per dad joke while continuing to tell their own dad jokes. And we kind of paused instead of that because it was a little bit too many things going on. And and no one ended up taking a bathroom break, too. That's yeah, true. We should, we should have our YouTube video tag be four guys don't take any bathroom <laughs> breaks for four and a half hours. Uh, then we had the no repeat challenge. Now, Ben got caught early on with this, and I believe Johnny got caught kind of early too. And the no repeat challenge was tell a joke that's already been told and no one catches it. Everybody else had to do push-ups or planking. However, if the joke teller is caught, they, that the person that told the joke got caught and they had to do push-ups and planking and Johnny's arms ran out of push-ups, so he had to do planks at some point. It was a lot of fun <laughs> to count that out uh, and watch us each kind of struggle. Uh, then we had the no laughing challenge. So at every hundred jokes, we had to go for five minutes without laughing while still telling mm. the jokes. The first to laugh either does 20 push-ups or one minute of planking. I know I'm pretty sure I got caught on that. So that was a fun one for me for sure. Uh, number four was the audience challenge. Anyone on our YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook feeds could issue us challenges while we chose and we could choose to accept or not. So that was the four, uh, rules or challenges that we had. We didn't really use two of them, but the no repeat and the no laugh challenge really was a lot of fun. So if we ever get requests to do this kind of a thing again, we'll have to consider it. But, uh, (laughs) I think we could add some rules in there too. Tons of fun doing that. It was a lot of fun to do with y'all. Oh yeah. I had a blast. I can't even believe we I still can't believe we did it. 
I've become known as the dad joke comedian at my workplace. <laughs> yep. That's been happening to me as well. Uh, people have been like, where are you getting all these jokes from? And I'm like, well, it's what I read constantly <laughs> <Sure>. now. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good point for shameless self-promotion. And I'm not but, even a dad. No, well, not that I know of either, but I, you know, I was in the Navy, so it could be. There you go. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we pretty much told all the dad jokes, too. We were running out of the good puns, <laughs> if there is such a thing. Well, so. we didn't even tap really the dirty dad jokes, but if you guys, if for all you listeners out there that want to hear or some dirty of those, dad jokes, sexy, right around 950, we started doing <laughs> out <of> the adult <laughs> bank. <laughs> so you can watch this live stream. It's still up over on YouTube and our Facebook page. I think we're trying to work on uh, like an edited condensed version of it with just kind of showing the highlights of it. So so go check it out at the Sexy Dad Jokes accounts and channels. And thank you, everyone who tuned in and was a part of it. Uh, I think we even ended up telling some dad jokes we got through comments live yep. during the stream. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And also, also, I want to give a huge shout out to Doug out in Bellingham, Washington, who became our first ever monthly contributor yeah wow doug who in episode one spurred our discussion about power drills and how real men own tools became a monthly subscriber via our podcasting platform anchor we are so very honored for your investment in us sir As you can imagine, a lot goes into making sexy dad jokes. And as we build up this podcast, support like this allows us to invest in reaching out to new listeners so we can grow. Our dream would be for sexy dad jokes to be our jobs, but uh, we need listeners. So thank you, Doug. And we hope to deliver more high quality content. Thanks to you. I think we should like record him a ringtone or something. Ooh. Sexy dad joke ringtones with maybe square fifties guys, something or the Doug tone. The first tone that we record will be the Doug tone. We got to pimp <laughs> out Josh. Something. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, what we got coming up here on some of our social platforms. Uh, so we want to do family game night um, and family game night on Twitch. Uh, so one of the weekend nights when we can all get together, kind of, we're going to probably do some sea of thieves. That's a good cross plat cross play game. Uh, we might do Day Z, but that's pretty involved. Maybe some Fallout 76. These will come along later. Uh, Life, the board game, as well as some other board games that I have uh, via Steam. And then Rocket League, uh, the new game grounded out by, I think it's Bethesda. And then we've also got, of course, our TikTok. Uh, we're going to be dropping some Valentine's Day jokes today, some dad's dad joke Valentine's Day jokes. Uh, we got the Twitter and we've got Facebook and then Instagram, of course. And then you can always go to sexydadjokes.com. Check out the merch. I just got some merch. We did a mm. uh, unboxing. So that's on our TikTok. Um, and you can see some of the merch that I got. I got a cool like face mask, uh, a gator, that is to say, and then a couple of shirts and a pair of socks. So I'm really stoked to start wearing those out. I've already got a couple of comments on the Gator, like people saying, 
what does that say? Is that mm-hmm. it's sexy dad jokes? It's a dot com. Go check it out. It's funny. Mm-hmm. So the merch is awesome. I'm really enjoying wearing it out. People always look at that shirt and wonder what it is when yep. I'm wearing it out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was re- a lot of fun too, Murs, watching you unbox all the merch that came in and you seemed really excited. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was having a great time with it. It was, it was a lot of fun. I was just excited to get it in, right? That was the first thing that I had ordered and uh, got it in within a couple of days. I uh, just got a couple more things in today. Some uh, show me your Richards, if you will. Oh. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a little campaign called show me your Richard. I'm thinking at some points mm-hmm. and uh, that's Richard, Richard, Richards, the third junior, if I remember correctly. It's about time somebody got my name right on this podcast. <laughs> That's right. Hey, and, square 50s guy. Hey, there he is. And say, Murs, since you brought up the whole Twitter account things, I want to say that I, too, opened up a Twitter account. I was inspired because after my grandson, Richard Richard the Fifth Jr.'s fraudulent softball game and the corrupt <laughs> umpires and players, I decided to create a Twitter account to make my complaints known and practice my true freedom of speech. So if any of you out there want to follow a true, honest-to-God American, follow Richard Richards the Third Jr. on Twitter right now. Yeah! Wow, Square 50s guy, you're really branching out from the morning paper there, huh? Right? Damn straight. Do paper boys exist anymore? Yeah, but they all drive cars now. Yeah, I was going to say, it's some creepy dude that keeps throwing things on my yard, even though I put a sign there. Yeah. Also, I think there's only one operating milkman left in america and square 50s guy just happens to employ that milkman (laughs) we have smith brothers farms so the milkman quote-unquote still delivers out Uh, here in washington state from smith brothers farms yeah Uh, shout out to smith bros and it's good milk it's great milk yeah that's straight from the udder utterly ridiculous (laughs) oh god Utterly ridiculous that you would even bring up such a thing. This is a kid's show. Come on. Maybe not a kid's show, but kids listen in the background. That's true. Okay, so go and check out Richard Richards the Third Jr.'s new Tweeter account. It's on there. <laughs> it's real. And uh, you, you can uh, catch some of Richard's musings in between episodes if you find yourself wanting for more Richard, I think we all love to get a lot of Richard around here. Is Richard Twitter pated this Valentine's Day? What? Twitter eh? pated? Twitter pated? It's not pated? a thing anymore from like Bambi. Vader? Twitter pated. What? Yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I'm glad I'm Twitter not the only one who gets crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Is that some like some lingo, some millennial? Twitter pated, infatuated, or obsessed in a state of nervous excitement. That's what Twitter pated means. And he got a Twitter. Man, Bert's got the definition up and everything. Wow. He Googled I lear- it. You know what I learned it from? I learned it from Bambi. What? And it's like- when Thumper tells Bambi that Bambi's Twitter pated with the dough. I do remember that now that you're saying. And it's Twitter paid. And he's like, what's Twitter paid? I can't believe you guys don't remember this from your childhood. I remember now that you're saying it, but Richard Richards, the third probably wrote the joke. That memory's wrapped around like all kinds of different things in my life, which that's like a long decades ago. Oh my. (laughs) 
that's the only reason I know Twitter paid it. I thought it was funny because he got a Twitter and now it's Twitter paid it and it's Valentine's Day. It's perfect. And nobody wants to laugh at it. Fine. Move on. (laughs) I'll give you gold here. I love jokes where you have to like look up a definition to explain it. That's so cool. I can't believe you guys didn't know Twitter paid it. Do you not support this stance? I cannot support this stance. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Listen, I, I can't. Thumper, thumper, the rabbit sister. He's like, oh, he's Twitter painted. You don't remember this? Okay. It burned into my mind at eight years of age. I cannot support that shit. I cannot support that <laughs> Then the forest burns down. Wait, spoiler alert: the forest burns down, and Bambi has to run through it. Okay, obscure reference contest. <laughs> you win every time. <laughs> Hey, at least I win at something. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Life has definitely dealt you a short stack. Oh my Pun god! Intended. Not the sharpest tool in the shed. Not the brightest bulb in the box. What do you want to be this time, Spaz? Oh my I'm gonna god. sit here and huff my markers. Do not huff your sharpies. <laughs> I we do not condone that in any way, shape, or form. He's doing it. Oh, oh my god. gosh! Are you serious? This is what we're gonna talk about the whole time. Not the whole time. <laughs> what did what did the pasta say to the Parmesan? Not to be cheesy, but would you be mine? <laughs> wow, profound! Thank you, Mers and Square Fifty Sky. <laughs> okay, so love is in the air, and Valentine's Day is upon us. I wonder how Square Fifty's guy Richard Richards III Jr. is navigating this Hallmark holiday this year. Oh, gee, Willikers, I've really kicked the pig this time. I need to find something, and find something fast. Oh, woe is me, woe is me. Hey there, Richard. Why the long face? Spaz, you little scamp, you. What a surprise to see you here. (laughs) Just doing a little shopping to get the last few things I need for Valentine's dinner, buddy. What are you shopping for, Richard? Well, you see, Spaz, I'm in quite the pickle. I bought a gift for my wife for Valentine's Day that I thought would be the cat's meow. What did you get her? You didn't give her the royal chef, did you? Yes, Baz, I guess you could say that. I got her a vacuum cleaner. Oh, no. No, no. No, Richard. You didn't. I thought it would be a nice, thoughtful gift. Her old vacuum was going the way of the dodo. So I thought getting her a new thing to clean the house would get us cooking with gas, baby. Well, Richard, it was a nice thought, but maybe on Valentine's Day we shouldn't be perpetuating stereotypical gender tropes. I take it when she got word of what you were doing, she nearly packed her bags and left. Well, she doesn't know about it, see? I heard her talking to one of her lady friends on the old rotary phone, and I heard her mention under her breath that if that 50s handbag buys me a cleaning tool for Valentine's Day, I'm leaving to go to my mother's in Maine. It was then that I realized I made a cruel mistake. That you were being selfish and not as thoughtful as you should have been in getting her a nice gift? Yes, but moreover that if she left, She'd suffer being in Maine the rest of her days. No one wants to go to Maine. There's nothing there. You know why it never is in the newspaper? Because there is nothing there. (laughs) (laughs) Easy, Richard. Deep breaths, buddy. You're at least doing the right thing and finding something better for her. What did you decide to get her instead? Whiskey. (laughs) Richard, 
I'm looking at your shopping basket, and all I see are liquor, club soda, cigarettes, of course, matches, and like five bags of Skittles. Richard, you do realize that burning cigarettes isn't the same as a scented candle, right? What? The little lady serving me up my afternoon highball wouldn't be considered a grand romantic jester? <laughs> Richard. Well, what do you suggest then, smarty pants? Well, first of all, how well do you really know your wife? Do you even know her love languages? Yes, she does love language. She loves language so much that all she'll ever do is yak, yak, yakety, yak. <laughs> <sighs> Richard, so you don't know what love languages are? You know, quality time, acts of service, touch, words of affirmation, and gifts. You know, look it up. It's a great tool to help you understand what makes your partner feel loved and how they can love you back as well. You're starting to sound like quite the beatnik, Spaz. <laughs> you know who else loves language? The Red Menace. Don't be trying to pull a fast one with me, comrade. <laughs> so you're saying on Valentine's Day, it's not enough to play a little game of backseat bingo, if you know what I mean. <sighs> Why not? I don't know. Say, get her a nice bouquet of roses, maybe a box of chocolates, or if you don't want to buy into the consumerism of this day, maybe, just maybe, you can make her a nice candlelit dinner, something simple yet special. Wait just a minute, Spaz. Let's not get too crazy here. Are you suggesting that I become a housemaid and start doing nothing but labors of love for the lady? <laughs> Uh, not quite, Richard. You see, just doing something truly special for the one you love on Valentine's Day is the manly thing to do. It's not about bending over backwards, doing anything and everything for someone. It's just making them feel like they're truly special because they make you feel special every day. And doing this just once, twice, or four times a year won't make you the king of the hill either. Speaking your partner's love language throughout the year will truly make them feel special and make you feel special too. You don't love up on your little lady or whoever your partner might be just once a year. Show her your love every day. You may be right, Spaz. Maybe you're not such a kick in the teeth after all. You know, with the relationship knowledge you've got stored in your noggin, you could be the new captain of the love boat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, whatever you say, Richard. Happy Valentine's Day, Square 50s guy. Remember to do something nice for your lady, because being a true guardian and protecting our packs means not only making sure our loved ones are safe, but that they are well and feel loved, too. Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> wow. Boy, when those two get together, you don't know what's going to happen. What do you think Square Fifties guys love languages? Um, bourbon and cigars. Every year, I give Leslie the same present I give everyone: a crisp twenty-dollar bill. And every year, she gets me something thoughtful and personal. It makes me furious. See, so do you do you guys know about love languages? A little. Yeah, I know a little bit about it. I mean, I know that they exist and everybody has their own. Yeah. I've taken the test, but I don't remember. Mm. There's a test? Yeah, it'll tell you what you like. It's like 60 questions long, and 
I I think I was uh uh I think I was touched or affirmation. I don't know. I don't need gifts. That's what I remember. Like I'm not mm. a big gift yeah. buy me yeah. stuff person. You're not a materialist of sorts. No. I mean, I I love a good gift, but that's I don't need that. It has to be right. a good gift, something that is specific to you, right? Like they thought mm-hmm. about you and then happened to find it. Right. But that means that you have to put a lot of effort in and know the person intimately. I think it's more of how you perceive love and that you, you know, certain things make you feel loved and other things let you know that you're appreciated and how you perceive and portray love. If it's aligned with your partner's love languages, then you you start to build a deeper kinship and you, you know, you have a more of a bond with each other, if you will. Well, and it's a tool that we can use to help understand each other in a relationship. So if I am mindful about my needs in a relationship, I can use this as a guide to figure out, oh, okay, what even are my needs? And so it's quality time, acts of service, touch, words of affirmation, or gifts. And there could be different degrees. There could be some things that are uh, more of a need to you than others. Uh, it could be multiple things. It could be just one thing, but you know, it, it's really, it's about you and your needs. And if you also use this as a tool to understand your partner, then you can at least know, Oh, okay. This thing is a really important like gifts. It's important to my partner that she get a gift because that's how she feels like she's loved. And when you use that tool, just having a better understanding of each other will lead to a more deeper relationship. I think that's what you're getting at, Johnny. Yeah. I literally, I'm, I'm big on affirmation and like for the physical component, it's like, you know, touch, but that means different things. That's not necessarily, it's not sexual in and of itself. It's just a lot of different kinds of touching. Yeah. It's like somebody playing with your hair or just, caressing and feeling uh intimate but not again it's not purely sexual it's just like affectionate affectionate and you know that kind of thing yeah well i think they're all different for everybody like gifts if you like gifts you like to receive gifts it doesn't make you a materialistic gold digging any of that kind of stuff right you just like to get gifts that's that's the language that means love to you for whatever reason i don't like gifts but um it, it, that doesn't mean like if a partner likes gifts, then I'm going to give that partner gifts if that's what makes them feel love for me. So mm-hmm. I think all of them are different. The touch is different person to person. Do you just want like just little touches on your shoulder or do you want a back rub or do you want a kiss? Do you want something more intimate? And then acts of service. What are those, right? Does that get up and make coffee every morning? It could be. Like, could be. Yeah. This is what I'm saying, right? That's what my dad did for my mom was got uh. up and made coffee every morning. And that was one of his acts. Mm. That was also kind of how they divided chores, right? That was one of the things he did. Mm-hmm. And then quality time can mean different things to everybody. Uh, yeah, that's funny because uh, I always joke about my mom because it occurred to me one day, like I actually use this tool to understand my mom better. For her, her love language is cooking. Ah, So she loves to cook for her kids. And because I knew about this framework, I was like, oh, that's her love language. I mean, I guess technically it's act of service and the, the act right. would be cooking. It can be blended. 
then it, it helped me recognize, you know, all this time and effort she's putting into cooking this crazy, amazing Korean meal for us. That's how she's showing us her love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It helped me understand, oh, my mom is, you know, maybe she's not a touchy feely person necessarily or anything like that. And she's, she used to run a restaurant, so she didn't have a lot of quality time to give. But I could at least understand it's not that she didn't show love. This was just a different way of showing it. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. You know, I'd like to cook, Ben. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of love in those Johnny's balls. Yeah. And we, we, you know, my mom's the same way. She'll feed you. And you know, Ben, from personal experience, Ben came out. I think we've had like several birthday celebrations for you in New Jersey. Yeah. In Philadelphia. Yeah, that seems to be the birthday thing to do. <laughs> Go out east. When that's what you know, that's and I come from an Italian family, so food is always uh, a big thing. I was yeah. I was thinking about that, like, oh, food's a big thing. You're telling family going out to Jersey to get food cooked. And I'm like, wait a second, what what culture doesn't have food as a big deal? I don't know. I'm just because we always, oh yeah, Italians they love to eat. It's like, well, doesn't everybody and don't most moms from every culture cook for their kids? Some stereotypes are true. <laughs> that that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. My my dad loves to barbecue too, so both my parents love oh, to yeah. cook and and do that serve, uh, and have people over for holidays and want that to be perfect. And mom, of course, does most of the holidays. But when dad barbecues, like on the Fourth of July, that's his. He's barbecuing, and mom's doing all the other dishes, which is her again. You know, her act of service showing her love very mm. similarly. Teamwork make dream work. Yeah. What are all your all's uh, love languages? Mine's. More uh, quality time, acts of service, touch, words of affirmation than gifts, I think would be my order. I don't really need gifts. They're all right, but not really my thing. And then I don't need people telling me that they like me or love me or whatever, really. That's nice, but, and then touch and then, yeah. But quality time is the big one. I think needs Hmm. and wants are separate planes, you know? Sure. Yeah, you can break it down that way. How about you, Johnny? Me, I'm, I'm super big on affirmation and uh, mm. touch. You know, I think that comes from like my mom was very. I'm a mama's boy, <laughs> through and through. And whenever I was, you know, I, I look at all these old pictures, and my mom was always like holding me and loving and caressing mm. like that, mm. like rubbing my back and like. You know, and even to this day, when my mom's like, she'll scratch my back for me. It just puts Aww. me. She like, it's just a thing. She just comes up and she and then she just, it's like a automatic thing. She just does, and I think that's where for me, that's where that comes from. It's kind of a nurturing thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not very often that I get I soften up for people. I usually have the uh, mask on a lot, as it were, and that kind of. Mm. deflates that for me. It kind of puts me at ease. You know, it's a comfort thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's funny that you say puts me at ease. My dad likes to make us feel uncomfortable and challenge us and dare us and say, come here boys and give me a kiss. And then he wants us to give him a kiss. I would do and it. We're, we're all used to it now. <laughs> so we don't care. We're like, okay, dad, ha ha ha. Here's yeah. your kiss. And he just, and we just laugh and kiss. And then that's that. Oh. And it's funny because I'm, in my, you know, I'm older now. So it's like yeah. that to me is just, eh, who cares? Big deal. But I've been doing it my whole life. And That's I know cute. when I was younger, it was kind of like, I don't know if I want to do that. Like in high like, school, right? Yeah, your right. buddies are over and you're like, oh, 
fine, dad. I am the wild and crazy one. I'll do it just because I got dared to do it. But it certainly was awkward when my friends were over. Just like he's taking a page out of the Nickelodeon book and doing the physical challenge of double bear. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course he has to stick with it too, which he didn't care. Cause you know, once you don't care, you don't care. Mm-mm. And that's that. Yeah. My, my love languages would be touch number one and then acts of service. Probably number two. Yeah. And the other three are cool, but. I like acts of service. I, I should have mentioned that, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Ben. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. It's, I feel like that's um, back when I was in the dating world, that was like one of the things you, you talked about on dates. So, like, Oh, what's your love language? Wow. That's a heck of a first date. <laughs> Just open it up. Get it right out. <laughs> that's efficient. Get it out there. Oh, you don't like touch? Forget it. This isn't yeah. going to work. I mean, oh, like, are you compatible? We're, we're going Dutch if touch <laughs> is your first one. That's it. <laughs> well, there it is. That that was my motto. I we're put going that in Dutch the, if touch is your first. Yeah. <laughs> going Dutch without the touch. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I learned about dating, I learned from Ben, which is probably why I'm single. <laughs> I take no response. That makes a lot of sense. Is your first language (laughs) touch? (laughs) So what should we be doing? What should we be doing on Valentine's Day? I think is my big question. Like what to do on Valentine's Day? Yeah. So I think there's two topics we want to touch on is first to call out that a lot of us here, not all of us, but a lot of us here are sort of partnered up this Valentine's Day. So figuring out, okay, well, on Valentine's Day, how do we properly love up on our partners? But also like realizing that it it shouldn't be reserved for a once a year type thing. And that kind of opens up the discussion around how men can express themselves, express their love in a healthy way that still allows us to maintain our masculinity. So that's sort of one bucket And then the other bucket, which we'll get to later, is about those who maybe aren't partnered up on Valentine's Day and how this day sort of sets up some toxic expectations and some feelings of bitterness. And so we're going to kind of address that later on. But first off. So I have a quick question, and it made me think of this when you were just talking about that. Is is chivalry, can that be like kind of associated with acts of service. Yeah. That's how I would define that opening the door for someone. Yeah. That's an act. Just of anything chivalrous, you know, that type. Cause I, that's like, I'm like, it's ingrained in me. Like I can't not hold the door open for a woman or even, I mean, not just women, but especially women, especially uh, helping with something. Like I see old ladies at the grocery store. I'm like, you need help with that. Can I help you? And it's like, I don't know. It's weird. So kind of what I've come to on that, if I'm understanding, because I've had those kinds of thoughts, see, like I have to open a door. I don't have to, but I just do that automatically. I'm and I go, well, yeah. then I should be with somebody that likes the door open for them. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't be with somebody that doesn't like that. Like, that's right. just the answer to me. It's very simple. Like, well, if you like that, great, let's get together. If you don't, and I, I guess if I like you well enough, I'll break that habit. But well, my, I guess my whole thing is I should be with somebody that likes it to have that act of service done for them. Compatibility is important. Right. So if you're not somebody that likes it, well then cool. I'm going to keep doing my thing and you should keep right. doing yours. No problem. Yeah. You shouldn't have to change who you are just to meet That's someone else's where needs. 
That's exactly it. And I, that made it a lot easier for me just to go, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep doing what it is that I like to do and feel comfortable doing, which is opening doors. And that to me is a fine thing to do. And if somebody doesn't like that for whatever reason, then we probably, then why are we going to push it or, you know, why, yeah. why mess with it? That's okay. So, Everybody can do their own. Yeah. So on Facebook, uh, I, I posed the question, Valentine's Day, a chance to love up on your dear loving partner or a capitalist construct packed with bitter toxicity. And uh, it sort of spawned an interesting discussion. I want to kind of read some highlights here. Demonica says, as long as you are giving your partner what they want and need, who else cares? If they need roses and chocolates and tennis bracelets, that's fine. Fancy dinner, fine. Nothing, fine. Fortnite gaming on 48 hours straight and hot pockets for dinner, totally fine. Life is short. You do whatever makes your partner happy and feel appreciated. That was a cool comment. My friend Son said, neither, just a day for the couple to annoy the beep out of their single friends. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Steve says, why not both? Uh, Jessica says, I think people can just feel the pressure, guys in particular, to have to spend a ton on flowers and chocolate like it could turn into a hassle, lol. Or due to media and ads, women can have high expectations and feel disappointed if their loved one didn't meet it. But that's not how it is in my relationship. Just thinking of ways it could get toxic. My friend Linnea says, haha, I was never into it in relationships, never really wanted to celebrate it. When single, it's just another day. A capitalist scam. Uh, Martin says, isn't every holiday a capitalist construct? Buy in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Brianna says, both, neither, all of the above. Personally, I love Valentine's Day as an opportunity to affirm the many, many types of love I'm blessed with. Coworkers, yep. Friends, you know it. Neighbors, duh. Get all the love. And finally, Heather says, uh, Roses are red. Gender is performative. Valentine's Day is heteronormative. <laughs> and she was <laughs> quoting Aurea from a poem she wrote a few years back. Now, Murs, you put out a question as well. I did. I put out basically the same question. So it was three questions. Just this is all it said. Is Valentine's Day toxic? Question mark. Hallmark holiday? Question mark. Genuine love slash care for others? Question mark. Mine were varied as well. So we had Cassie said all the above. Uh, John said, why only one day to show love for your other half? It's every day. Annie said, absolutely 100. Evan said, Hallmark holiday. You need one day a year that's made up to show someone how you love them. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Alex said, all of the above. Jessica said, it's a reminder to tell the people you love how much you care. I make a cherry pie for mine. No need to involve Hallmark, although you know how much I do like to get cards and appreciate it. Um, then we had Julie. I think it's what you make of it. And then you have Anya. It is what you make of it. <laughs> and then Great Minds Think Alike, of course. They went right back and forth with that. <laughs> Uh, then you have Travis and just says it's love day. The Simpsons clip, which is pretty funny. Uh, then you have Mark. It is what you make it to be like most things. We have a really long one, which I could read, but essentially it says the only 
thing toxic about Valentine's Day is the capitalism aspect uh, that was made uh, something made popular because England executed a Catholic, which mm. I was like, oh, yeah, there was a Valentine that got uh, that. All of that being said, I'm treating myself tomorrow because who loves me more than myself? <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then uh, Jake said, it's the day before I get to buy clearance candy. Which <laughs> I, I'm right there with that one. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Bogo uh, and then Angela said, single out singles dot dot dot. No love for you, period. And then bad day for incels. So there are other people out there thinking about mm. those things as well. Mm. Um, and that was just something simple I put up, I think, a day and a half ago. It is the anniversary for the Parkland shooting, right? Mm. Today? I don't know. Oh, is well, it? It was Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. That oh, was wow. One, of the, one of the articles that we had read that was based on oh. that whole uh, event. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about the incel community coming up. Uh, but yeah, that's that's really good. I mean, I, I felt like that was a pretty good cross-section of where people are at about this day. Yeah, yeah. very much so. I, I really like those comments that I got. They And they echoed yours, right? We've right. got different friend groups. We had about the same amount of comments, and they were all very varied. So feel free to weigh in or not, but I uh, wanted to ask what if y'all had anything planned for this day. I know that for me and my partner, Colleen, I got her some gifts, some sexy gifts. <laughs> 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 and then we're planning sort of a little weekend getaway for later in the month. Nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, my partner, she's, uh, she's, she's my baby mama. So we have a little one and a half year old Gloria who you saw on the live stream. She came in for a little bit. Short segment. That's right. Yeah. That's Johnny Spaz with a lot of banana. Can you say ballerina? Banana? <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's MERS. Can you say MERS? MERS. I heard that. MERS. And can you say Richard Richards the third junior? <laughs> what about spaz you can't say spaz can you say spaz <laughs> oh wow that was great <laughs> and uh and this day is actually really special for us because we actually had our first date on valentine's day Whoa. which is kind of like an awkward thing right yeah <laughs> and we were we were talking and like we were talking, we met online and we were just talking and kind of getting to know each other. And we're like, oh yeah, we should hang out. Oh, when, when's good for you? Oh, how about Monday? And then, and that seemed to be the day that worked out for our schedules. And then we we're like, oh, that's Valentine's Day. That's a little awkward, but we just kind of <laughs> called it. I just called it out. I'm like, is it weird to get together on Valentine's Day? She's like, ah, no, it doesn't matter. Oh, I like and it. And so, yeah, so we just kind of. <laughs> Got together, hung out, and and then uh, so now it's uh, it's become our sort of anniversary in addition to Valentine's Day. So there's a little extra pressure for us to to love up on each other. But uh, I think I think I have a pretty good plan for her, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. We should be live streaming so that she's listening. 
Now she, she know. I don't. I think she's a little annoyed that I'm recording a podcast right now. But yeah, I, I'll yeah, make that, it up to her. That happened, but it's part of work, you know. Yeah, Mirza, I know you have an elaborate scheme plan that you're gonna you're gonna show us on TikTok. Yeah, so uh, I give a Valentine every day from the first until the fourteenth. So I'm going to make a little montage of those cards. Um, and then I got some good Valentine's puns that I'm going to release just as many as boom, 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 start sending them out. Um, some of them are little cards with scratch offs and just kind of fun little things. Do some pinchy face stuff. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, and I, I received some more merchandise. So I'm going to do an unboxing on TikTok as well. Oh, really yeah. excited. Right Check out the sexy dad jokes TikTok account. We're on there, and Murs is yucking it up over there. <laughs> hey, for all you listeners that want to get your Valentine some SDJ Valentine's Day wear, check out our merch on sexydadjokes.com. Yes, check out our merch page. We we just added a new product. <laughs> product. <laughs> we just added a new product. Do tell. Do see, tell. See, Ben's, Ben's my <laughs> Valentine because we finish each other's sentences. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's the show me. It, our new product is going to be attached to the show me your Richard challenge. Oh, that is what I got. I got my Richard to show Did you? Today. I want the pink one so bad. I'm not brave oh. enough to wear white underwear. <laughs> we got Look it. at that. He's got right it. Here. Oh, my God. Yes. Do it, Murs. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> They're perfect. <laughs> I'm well, so excited for, for the first challenge. So this is the other thing. I'm going to go somewhere, I think, today um, because there's snow here, a lot of snow. And I'm going to get a picture in the snow probably with just these on. Oh, That's awesome. Man. Please do Maybe that. some high heels. I haven't decided yes, yet. I like that. Do a better. video, too. Uh, I'll do a little video. Maybe I'll do a little shake. <laughs> are we all going to do that? Are we all, are we all going to participate in the show me or Richard? Josh is like, no. <laughs> Can you explain show me or Richard? No, no, no. We're not explaining it. Oh, no, we're not. We're not, not going to explain it. it we'll, we'll do it. You'll just it. have to understand when you see me dancing on a, doing it with only pink underwear on. Yeah, it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, it's basically there's a hot pink underwear with uh, Richard Richards the third junior's face in the crotch uh, area, strategic position <laughs> or the crotch area. Strategic. <laughs> I, 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 I like I like the strategic positioning. <laughs> it's strategic. Yeah, I like it. Hence, show me your Richard. For all the listeners out there, yeah, we, we you know, Merce has his new undies, and he's gonna. That's our new product, underwear. <laughs> Most I I don't I think they qualify as men's Show underwear. Me Richard. Do we have women's underwear? Oh, they can go no. both ways. Oh, okay. they go both ways. That's what it is. Well, Deal they have a it. hole in the front, right? <laughs> and in the back, apparently. I don't know. Is there? No, there's no hole in the back. You don't put a uh, hole in the back of underwear anymore. That's something put, they did back in the 30s. I, I put I, I put my uh, underwear on backwards the other day, and I didn't find out until I had to pee. Really? And I thought that was, was very... going to be a dad joke. I pa- no, no, I'm, I'm I, waiting I, for it. I, I, I literally panicked because it was at work and I was like, what's oh, wrong? No. And I'm like, fumbling. I'm like, what is going on here? 
So this is something I really want to talk about that's relevant to Valentine's Day, and that's the toxicity in in us guys sort of not being able to express our love to people. And this is a show about being better men. And to do that, we must first examine that toxicity within ourselves. Let's remember that part of the definition of toxic masculinity, suppressing emotions or masking distress, the glorification of stoicism and dominance, maintaining an appearance of hardness, you know, the strong and silent type. Why do men have to hide what they're feeling inside? I've been doing some personal reflection on this question. When it comes to telling our loved ones how we feel, that stoicism certainly comes into play. It's something that we as men grow up immersed in. It's like by saying the words, I love you to your special someone, you're opening yourself up to vulnerability. I can say that for me personally, I have absolutely no problem in telling my kids how much I love them. But to be honest, I've always struggled over the years to say those three words to whoever I was with. And honestly, I've, I've never been able to even explain why. I think part of it, you can see if you sort of take it to the extreme. So I think men, including myself, have a tendency to keep our emotions close to the vest, that it's better not to say how you feel at all. And we are too far sort of on the stoicism extreme. But now here's the question, though. On the flip side, can there be such thing as being too effusive in our expressions of love? Is yes. there a risk to a man's masculinity in coming off as overly sentimental? What do you think? I am definitely one of those overly sentimental people. And uh, I think what's gotten me in trouble in relationships in the past has been my all too eagerness to say those words. Oh, interesting. So you're, that's coming at it from the other perspective. Yeah. Like, I've had to learn how to tone it down and I, um, I fall in love too fast, you know, mm. and then it's hard for me to maintain, like I set this high bar for myself and then I, I, I can't, it's almost like trying to sprint a marathon mm. in a different context, but I don't have a problem. Like I'm comfortable with my telling people how I feel, you know, not yeah. necessarily like, I don't want to say I love you to everybody, but if, if, right. if I feel that way about a person where I feel, I don't know, I guess you have to define love for me. I don't, I don't, you know, to me, that's a strange. What is love? State of being, you know? Well, it seems like if you say those words too early on in a relationship or whatever, then you, you come off as desperate or something's just off. Like if you don't have the same feeling at the same time to say it, you, know, you, you might be close and that's okay, right? You'll catch up. But if you're not basically ready to say it at the same time, then that's going to be a disconnect mm. and kind of like a red flag and not saying that you did anything wrong, Johnny, because mm. you don't know if they don't feel the way, unless you say I'm feeling this way. That's what it made me think of. Like, yeah, if somebody says that to me way too early. I kind of go, Ooh, no, 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 no. I don't feel that way. Yeah. It's much easier for me to attach than detach. Mm. I'm one of those people that it's like, I come on strong pretty quickly. Yeah. I think the risk is in coming off as like too needy. So yeah. from, from a cisgender and heteronormative perspective, I'd say men have a tendency to be attracted to visually attractive women. Now, what 
do women tend to be attracted to? In my experience, neediness is a tremendous turnoff. Mm-hmm. Any hint or whiff of dependence or being clingy or needy seems to be an instant turnoff to women. And by being too emotional or effusive in our expressions of love, we as men risk coming off as too needy. So there's like this incentive to stay on the stoic side of the spectrum. And there's risk in being emotional, if that makes sense. But then from that perspective, then we can't express ourselves fully. And then our emotions build up and it becomes dysfunctional and toxic. It's this vicious cycle. Mm. So I think ultimately it's like the subtle balance. We have to challenge ourselves to open up more as men while still being in control of ourselves. So we don't sort of overshare and lose the trust from your partner that they can depend on us to offer emotional stability and that we are in control of our emotions I don't know. Is that a, but is that a toxic way to think though? Like, should we be able to just completely open up and be as emotional as we're feeling? I'd like to think that you should, I, I don't know. I'm a very expressive person. I'm, I'm kind of like on a weird divide line of introvert and extrovert, <laughs> but it all, for me, it all comes down to trust. Like I'm very extroverted with people I trust and very introverted for people I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, it's never, it's consistent that way, but I'm never like. I'd just say there's consequences. Yeah, I agree. If you're too emotional, you'll figure out what those consequences at some point in life are. And if you're not emotional enough, you'll figure those out. Right. It's the balance. And it's, it's, it's a balance. Yeah, there's consequences to either extreme. So you have to find the balance that's good for you and that you want, just like the opening the door thing. Like, well, I want this in a partner. I want this much balance of sharing my emotions and staying somewhat stable, right? Yeah, it's very, it's, it's very confusing to someone who, who learned all the wrong things from a toxic relationship myself. Like, mm. And when I'm talking about our parents, you know? My mom, sweet as can be, Angel, she's the most loving, caring, giving, nurturing person in the world. My dad, on the other hand, most toxic human wow. on earth. And that's what, you mm. know... I, 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 at some point in my life, I was just infatuated with my dad. I just thought he was the best person in the world. And then to find out, to, to peek behind the veil and see what's really there and know that you're part of that, you know, biologically, um, it, it's, it's kind of hard with relationships. Yeah. Case in point, I've failed every romantic relationship I've ever been in. Well, that, that's, I think everybody does that until <laughs> they don't like, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, you right. fail all the romantic relationships you've been in until you find the one well, that you're going to be in for X amount of time. If you want that, even, and if you don't, then don't. Yeah. But they kind of fail the same way. And what that really, and, and what I discovered in therapy was it's some, you know, during that time in my life where it's like, wow, there's consistencies in the types of problems that I had in relationships, which only pointed all roads led to me and I had to accept that as like, wow, like, yeah, they didn't do all the right things as a partner, but I am responsible. I have a hand in that and trying to fix that and overcome it. It's very difficult. It's true. You know, especially in the middle of life and everything else where I don't think I'm a bad person. You know, I think I'm a really good person. And I, I think that a lot of the mistakes I make are innocent, but at the cost of, 
the relationship, those mistakes, some of those can't come back from. Well, that is kind of that whole, you know, should we be able to open up as much as we want? And there's, I guess I just kind of go, well, if you do that, even if you do that to your siblings or other family members or whomever, right? A best friend. If you just open up completely, that may not be quote unquote appropriate mm, in yeah. every circumstance with every right. person. So and you I have didn't to have pick, that filter, Merce. I didn't have it. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And it, that's actually a learning point for me when you say it that way, because you know I try to take in from someone with my life experience in that realm. It, it, I don't always, it's amazing what you think, you know, and you don't know. Yeah. What might seem well, obvious to a lot of people isn't obvious to everybody. And that's a hard lesson for me in my life. Yeah. That's interesting. It's like the, the balance is between oversharing and complete stoicism. Right. And so yeah, I don't have a good balance. <laughs> well, for that we like, we like saying balance and it's like, okay, how do I balance that? Oh, man. <laughs> right. Right. I, and I think there's like an unrealistic expectation a lot of times for men to be like the rock in a relationship, then unable to emotionally lean on their partner. Yeah. But then on the other extreme, right? Yeah. The oversharing extreme where the partner sort of has to become the therapist in a relationship. And then there's, then you get this unhealthy dependency. Right. So it's, it's really such a delicate balance. Yeah. And that's that word balance. But I think, I think, uh, that, that the balance is really, yeah, there's extremes there. How do you be both of those things? Mm-hmm. Right. How, how do you open up and share and come to when you need help getting something in your head straightened out? But but be the the stoic the stable part that everybody can go to with their problems and then you just have the wisdom or whatever like it's just it's unrealistic like you said like that's yeah that's interesting you say that because i mean for me personally one thing i struggle with i'm usually the rock that people come to but then it's like well who do i talk to when i'm struggling you know right and then sometimes i'll talk to someone i'll be like oh okay they weren't really there for me and I think that piece of it feels sort of unhealthy to me. Like I want to be the rock for people I care about, but I also want to be able, you know, I'm a human and I have things I struggle with and I should be able to lean on other people, not over lean, but I should be able to share that. I, I think that's, that's the balance. You got to figure out who you can take that balance with, right? You know, there's some things that you would talk to your mom about and some things that you may talk to your siblings about. And you decide what you're, which one of those two people that you really trust, right? You're going to talk to. And that's about whatever the circumstance may be. At least I can relate that way to it. If I think about my family, like who I'm going to open up to and what I'm going to say, I'm going to say something different to my mom than I am probably to my siblings. Mm -hmm. My biggest struggle has been setting healthy boundaries and being able to identify them. Hmm. You know, like, I don't know. I feel like I can't trust certain people with all the facts of my life because there's a lot of crazy stuff in there. You know, my experience is unique, just like everybody else's is unique. But there's some things that in my history that have just been too much for your average person to handle. And, Again, that's that's cost me uh, in terms of relationships. That's always been the uh, 
the fruit that comes to bear is always poisonous, it seems. Hmm. Whereas it, alternatively, all of the guy friends I have, I'm a straight cisgender male, all of the guy friend relationships I have are like, have been in com- by comparison, very bountiful and reciprocated and, you know, well, you know, the rules. Well, it's just been easy. Like I'm always able to, you know, for people who I want to bond with, it's never been an issue for me, but with females in love, romantic relationships, I treat them the same way. I treat everybody the same and that's problematic in some ways. Yeah. And then I don't, and, and, and some of the things that I would say, well, Merz isn't going to get mad at me if I don't call him every day to ask how he's doing. He, no, I won't. I might saying, get mad at you if you do call me every day and ask. Well, that's what I mean. It. It's like there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a known boundary within a confine of things that our expectations and our, our You know the rules. It's just, yeah, it's kind of like an unspoken thing. It's, it's like everybody, you know, every male friend that I've had, you know, uh, we've kind of, it's been understood. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, not, I do. It's not so the rules clear. are easier to me. Yeah. <laughs> I go, I get the rules. Right. I know, I know I'm not supposed to call Johnny every day and be like, what's up, dude? How you doing? Well, I mean, <laughs> it would make me think certain things, whereas, but if, but I get emotionally attached to a female or that I'm in a relationship with. And then I think the same, like, it doesn't even occur to me to, that it might be different, you know? but it is, I know it is. And even still knowing that it's still difficult for someone like me, hmm. you know, part of the, uh, love language has been, and everybody we were talking about is, uh, you know, intent intent to me is the most important thing. If I know someone's intent, if something, if somebody's having a bad day and they come at me and attack me to try to hurt me, I can recognize that that's what's happening. And I don't hmm. hold that personal and it helps me to resolve whatever issues happening, but in a dynamic that dynamic of an intimate relationship, it, it start it falls apart. Hmm. Yeah. I, and I'd say for me to be able to sort of open up, I need to feel like it's a safe space where I'm not going to be like penalized for it, you know? Yeah. Cause it's, there's almost like when someone looks at you and, and wants you to be the rock, when, if you open up, then it's like, you're sort of violating that, that I don't know the trust or whatever the terms of that relationship you violate it by not being completely stable and and strong and so I would say like addressing toxic masculinity not only requires an investment by the man but really it's important that our partners don't buy into that toxicity as well right so you can and I think as a couple, you can you can consciously decide not to subscribe to toxic norms. So, so ladies out there, or anyone who's with with men, I think for us guys to be able to share how we're feeling and allow ourselves to be emotionally vulnerable, you can't penalize us for doing so. Like maybe if we're very open about what we're trying to do. Like I'm challenging myself to open up, which doesn't come easy for me. So please accept me as I do this and don't penalize me for it. That could be like a good practice to create sort of a safe space within your relationship. Especially if you're dealing with someone who's damaged emotionally. Mm -hmm. 
because I am speaking strictly for myself. I am a damaged person. Mm. You know? I've been through a rough bout of life experience and when it comes to that type of thing. And I'm the kind of person, and it's not romantic, and I know that's a problem for a lot of people, is I like it when somebody tells me the clear boundaries and expectations. Because then I know what I'm, what's expected of me and where I can and can't go. And then I don't make mistakes like I would. And I told my ex, I was like, listen, if I get it right, it's purely by accident. So the more information you give me on what you want and need from yeah. me, the better I am, will be at succeeding. And I just, that's a tough pill to swallow for some people. Yeah. Johnny on the, the oversharing side of the spectrum, I feel like what that does when you're, when you're the one who's sort of oversharing, who's really leaning heavily on your partner, it feels like one person is sort of doing the emotional labor of the relationship. And so I think that's when you get into to issues because then it's like, you know, you have one person who feels like they're kind of holding up the boulder and the other person who's leaning and then you get a case where someone is sort of like enjoying the, the quote unquote spoils of the relationship because one person is doing the emotional labor and the work. Right. And so when we talk about balance it's like uh, recognizing when you're sort of putting this burden on someone else and, you know, we talk a lot about mindfulness, being mindful of what's happening in front of you. And then you, you see what's happening and you can adjust and try to seek out that more of that balance that we've been talking about. So it's interesting. There's like different perspectives here in this conversation. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that ties, that damage ties into the incel conversation because mm. there is emotional damage there and mm-hmm. it takes so much work. I can, I can attest personally to, I'll share something with you guys and, mm. and, and say this, that how much work it takes to overcome those emotional challenges is I spent years in therapy and got a master's degree in psychology because I wanted to fix myself. <laughs> mm. And even with all of that, I'm still a damaged, broken person in some ways, you know? Mm. So if you don't, to, to say it's challenging is an understatement. Yeah. to overcome those certain things. And when you have somebody that can't even get anybody to be interested in them, they adopt these ideas and that's fertile ground for those toxic viewpoints. Mm-hmm. So I think like that's sort of what might happen a lot with these folks who might be damaged and might try to engage in relationships. And it's just too much for the partner to be able to take on. And then it starts this cycle of, of failed relationships or whatever. And then that turns into bitterness and hate. So we're going to, we're going to get into that in the next segment, but yeah, I think this, this has been a really good conversation. Uh, and for me, like it comes down to vulnerability. Every time we open up to someone, we're putting out a bid for their affection and for the stoic guys, what they're afraid of, what we're afraid of is what if that bid isn't returned isn't isn't accepted and isn't returned because we took a risk by putting out that bid saying hey i care about you or whatever and what if it isn't returned which is probably a stupid thing to worry about i'd say probably most partners would say that of course i will of course i love you of course i will return it 
But that's the risk that a lot of the stoic types are afraid of. Like, what if this person loses respect for me for showing my vulnerability? So that's what we're afraid of. Huh. Yeah, that's for sure. Kind of in reflecting on my own self and my own, uh, I don't know, hesitance to be able to say the words. Uh, I, I feel like that's sort of what's happening with me. Like I'm afraid to put it out there because what if, what if I get penalized for showing that vulnerability? Yeah, and it can it can for someone who's insecure, and you feel that you're, for whatever reason, your weight's too much to bear for another person. I mean, that puts you in a whole nother position that's toxic. Mm. Speaking purely from experience, yeah. <laughs> Right. From my experience, you know. Ever wonder how Square 50's guy ended up on this show? Well, here's a prequel segment from when Richard was the host of The Dating Game. Hello, everyone. Thank you and welcome to another edition of the SDJ Dating Game. Woo! I'm your host, Richard Richards Third Jr., and it's time to meet our batch of eligible bachelors for today. And here they are. Woo! Wonderful, wonderful. Welcome, gentlemen. Our first bachelor is someone who has been seen making rounds in the squared circle for quite some time now. He always loves wearing very loud and proud outfits, snapping into slim gyms, and dropping the elbow to those that give him grief. Please welcome. The Macho Man. All right, our second bachelor is a proper gentleman if there ever was one. If he is not being a vigilante's butler, he can always be seen bringing a little British charm to the mix. Please welcome Alfred. Yeah, Alfred. Thank you. Thank you very much. And finally... Bachelor number three. He's someone who has tried his hardest to stay relevant even after crippling defeat. At least you can say he's dedicated. He was seen on TV, seen on Twitter, heck, even seen in the White House. Please welcome, and please be gentle, MAGA Man! (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And it's time now to introduce our lucky questionnaire. Or should I say questionnaires for our game tonight? It's a three-man band looking for a fourth member, if you will. Please welcome the gang of sexy dad jokes, Johnny Spaz, Benjamin, and Mers. These guys are the real cat's meow, let me tell you. These three have been looking to take the podcast world by storm with hopes of helping making better men one corny dad joke at a time. Before they begin their epic voyage, they are here looking for a fourth member to join their cavalry of punnantry. Number one, will you say hi to the guys? Oh, yeah, let's get this question to me started. I'm excited, excited. Dig it. <laughs> All right, number two. Good evening, Jets. And number three, I just want to say I'm a great lover, fantastic lover, best lover has ever been. Just like Dove Chocolates, they're going to make a chocolate after me called Magubs. <laughs> Tru- truly great. Nice, nice, nice guy. Nice guy. Anywho, are you guys ready to go? <laughs> All right, let's get to it. 
Remember, you can ask them anything you like, except name, age, occupation, or income. Good luck, and here we go. No, ask him about that one. No, no, get the other one. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right, all right. Bachelor number one. We are looking for someone for our podcast that has a great understanding about healthy masculinity. And since this is Valentine's Day, what do you feel about love relating to toxic masculinity? Yeah, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right now. Yeah, it's never a good idea to be toxic. No, it's always good to better be healthier, healthier. So that way you can help your partner and you can help yourself. Yeah, it's never a good idea to be toxic unless you're going to be the macho man. Yeah, you'll be toxic and get rid of that. That toxicity with a little bit of a slim gym. And if you don't, I'm going to bring you to town. I'm going to put the elbow to you and you never saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, bachelor number two. There's a lot of bias towards Valentine's Day because of the fact that I has become a consumerist holiday where everyone is having to just keep buying things to try and please their partners. Do you think that this is all a bit over the top? I think that it does seem a bit much. I think a day of love should be simple and refined. Only focus on sharing love and spending time with those that matter most to you, which you should do for more than one day out of the year. To me, all this nonsense of buying things for partners makes this day more of a day of loving money rather than loving others. All right. So, bachelor number three, how do you feel about open mouth farts? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Let me just say this. Uh, that with uh, the Trump steaks and KFC I eat every day, my farts are simply glorious, just glorious. I will make a great fart, and no one makes farts better than me. The Democratic cheaters will never know what hit him. <laughs> um, that's appropriate or awkward or a pro-word. Come on. All right, all right, all right. Bachelor number two, what are your thoughts of men who have no one on Valentine's Day and are acting out negatively? Well, I think that they need to have some personal guidance on how to change their ways. If they don't have a special someone on Valentine's Day, they can at least go out and do an act of kindness to a stranger or a friend. That way they feel good and they make someone else feel good. Once they are embraced in with good feelings on a constant basis by doing nice things for other people, they can soon find love for themselves for doing good deeds. And perhaps someone else will come to love them as well. Love thyself first before thou love others. Oh. Wow. This guy's his wife. Okay. All right. Yeah. He's a bachelor? <laughs> 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 Okay, 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 bachelor number one. As a man, how do you feel about the idea of learning to grow as a man by first having to love yourself before loving others, thus loving you just for being you? 
Yeah, you know, you just gotta start taking care of yourself. You get in the gym every day and push them weights harder and harder to make yourself more stronger. Yeah, soon enough, once you keep taking care of yourself, looking in the mirror and saying, you can dig it, dig it. Then you can start being a better man. Soon you'll be a macho man just like me. Yeah, very soon, very soon. Let me tell you, you'll be a tower of power. Too sweet to be sour. Funky like a monkey. Skies the limits and space is the place. Yeah, that'll be your future. And you'll be a lucky, lucky person just to take care of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's our number three. What is your favorite fruit? Is it a banana? B A N A S. I think fruits are overrated. You never know what Antifa puts in those things. Probably Chinese toothpaste microchips designated to brainwash our children with Teletubbies. Disgusting, disgusting. Uh, uh, uh. I prefer wonderful delicacies from the five-star chefs at KFC and McDonald's. They cover all the essential food groups that are really, truly good for my tum-tum. <laughs> my tum-tum. <laughs> <laughs> Brainwashing children with Teletubbies. Oh my god! <laughs> Gotta be careful. People actually believe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, all right. To all three bachelors, starting with number one, to make things more lighter in tone, what would be your ideal Valentine's Day? Oh, let me tell you something, Benny boy. Let me tell you something right now. Yeah, at first I'm driving them around in a nice rose race silver cloud. Yeah, you'll be on cloud nine before you know it. Yeah, and then we go to a nice little restaurant. Yeah, get a bunch of protein on the plate as possible because you can never have too much protein. No, afterwards get a little bit of noodling, a little bit of cuddling, and then you're sky high. Dig it. My ideal Valentine's Day would be simple. Wake up to make a lovely breakfast together with my partner. Then proceed to have a nice day filled with laughter and joy. In the evening, have a nice romantic dinner and share Valentine's cards. A little dancing, a little wine, and a lovely night's sleep. I think uh, my ideal Virginia time day would be uh, one with golfing. Uh, more golfing, uh, chicken wings dipped in chocolate and gold flakes. Uh, then, then uh, probably just uh, sitting in bed watching reruns of the greatest films in history, including Zoolander, Wolf, Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, and Home Alone Two. Glorious films, glorious films. <laughs> Something in common with those movies. Yeah. Oh my gosh! All right. <gasps> bachelor number two if you are not the chosen winner tonight how would you feel well i'll say this there are always those who win and there are always those who lose what matters is how they take those results if the one who wins gloats he's not truly a winner If the one who loses pouts and shouts, they are less mature than before. I say that if I was to lose tonight, I'll accept it, acknowledge it, and move on. Always pick yourself up whenever you fall down. It's like talking about a fortune cookie over here. (laughs) Wise fortune cookie. I wonder what numbers I should bet on for lotto. (laughs) 8675309. (laughs) (laughs) 
Good one, Alfred. <sighs> okay, time is up. It's now time for our three guests to come together collectively and choose who will be the fourth member of their little podcasting troupe. Guys, what's your choice? Well, most of the bachelors had a lot of interesting qualities to them, but actually, how about you? Who me? Yeah. You? Well, what do you think about the stuff we've uh, talked about here? No one ever really cared about what I have to say, which explains why I've been a lone wolf up until now. You mean you don't have anyone? Not a soul. I'd hope to someday share my thoughts and feelings with someone who'd be willing to listen. Sadly, no one has come to answer the call yet. Well, why not tag along with us? Me? Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> well-spoken well-mannered and if anything you have a voice that is sure to get heads and ears turning what do you say want to be our fourth horseman well this is a bit unprecedented but what the heck i'll go with you i'm sure it'll be a real shindig yeah well i guess that's that then not only is that the end of the game, but I guess the end of this whole show. I'll be seeing you all later in another profession, and with that, thank you and good night. Woo! Yeah! Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna change my pee pants. <laughs> Oh, wow. So that's how Square 50s guy got onto sexy dad jokes. Oh, right. We got an origin story. Yeah. The lore. <laughs> <laughs> we add that to the lore, baby. Yeah. It's canon. <laughs> okay. So earlier we talked about sort of different sides of the love spectrum, if you will. You have, you have some folks who sort of fit into the traditional explanation of what is uh, toxic masculinity you know the strict stoicism and sort of unfeeling and not able to express themselves and then you have the other side of the spectrum folks who who almost sort of overshare their emotions and might lean on their partners a bit much emotionally in this segment we want to talk more about sort of those who might have been in relationships that that didn't go over well maybe because of the oversharing part and then they end up kind of alone. And when they're alone, they, they might get bitter. They might turn to uh, more hateful expressions. And it, it just ends up in this downward spiral. So, Johnny, yeah, could you kind of talk about, you know, as someone who you said you're, you're single on Valentine's Day, you know, what it's like to be kind of bombarded by, by love and hearts everywhere when you're not experiencing that love necessarily from a romantic partner and then, you know, you just go to the store and there's another fricking heart up on the wall or something like what, what's that like? So, I mean, earlier we talked about the dynamics in relationships and how we understand love and love languages and what they are. And we kind of went over our own experiences with them and how we perceive and accept love and that brings us to talking about 
incels, which is a term to describe people who are classified as involuntary celibate, which can mean different things. The way I perceived it is different than some of the recent articles I've read on it, which painted a very negative stereotypical viewpoint of and the extreme end of what an incel would be, which would be people, for example, that um, oddly enough, today is the anniversary of the Parkland shooting, which is happened in Florida in 2018 on Valentine's Day by a person who called themselves uh, incel and they killed 17 people all because of their experience or lack thereof in the romantic sphere of their life. The uh, Oxford Languages Dictionary describes incel as a member of an online community of young men who consider themselves unable to attract women sexually, typically associated with the views that are hostile towards women and men who are sexually active. Hmm. I, I think everybody can relate to not having something everybody else has or think that everybody else has. And, you know, you could be lonely and being lonely can lead to being anxious and depressed. And Mm. that starts that snowball rolling, you know, typically downhill. Mm -hmm. So I read a bunch of these articles online and um, they paint a pretty ugly picture of what incels are and what being an incel consists of. Mm. And the problems that I had with it is it doesn't talk about, it, it only broaches the topic of the extreme side of that. And that's not, definitionally fair or descriptive of the entire spectrum of people that may or may not be involuntarily celibate. There could be a lot of reasons why someone's celibate, either by choice or in this case, not by choice. For instance, the Catholic church's whole fundamental basis of their, the representatives of the Catholic church, namely priests are all in celibate voluntarily. And we can all see how that works out in the real world. <laughs> now, when you're involuntarily celibate, it can have similar reactions and in just in, instead of going to that extreme, it would be these people, typically young men who are part of these groups online. Again, the internet gives a safe haven for these people to kind of um, play off of each other where you find somebody like you and then they instantly have some kind of connection that puts them into the, and they get justification for their actions. And one of the articles, it's like they have these people talking about the Parkland shooting, which today is the anniversary of on Valentine's day. I don't think it's a coincidence that that happened on Valentine's day. No, for sure. It wasn't. That was, it was part of the plan. It was on Valentine's day specifically because of the holiday that it represents the the Mm -hmm. things that it represents. Um, and these people saying things like, you know, I feel glory and joy every time I th- hear those people screaming and oh my God. watching the video. I mean, this is some pretty intense stuff and it re- piggybacks off certain belief systems. Now, the, I wouldn't blame the belief system per se, but it, it seems to be that all of these people have something in common being one of those belief systems. And then in, in these internet forums, you have just hate feeding off of hate in this misogynistic echo chamber and it just it's sad it's just really unfortunate and it doesn't have to be this way right so for example like misogyny isn't in the bible it is the bible it's all about men being in control there is no woman of power it's like the 
the patriarchy. There's not. It is complete patriarchy. There's not one book based on women. So the Bible sort of establishes the sense of entitlement. Yeah, it can in a lot of people. And it does in these individuals, at least, where, again, they're quoted here. This isn't my opinion. This is what the word straight from the horse's mouth uh, saying that this is their duty to do this for me and that they attribute it to that, not me mm. personally. Like, that's not my stance on it, but that's, that's whose duty to do what? It, it's the duty of the female to please the male. Wow. When, where, and how they want with no, there, there's no room for argument. And that's the misogyny. Right. So it's a, it's a scary so and int- strange Interesting thing. way to look at the world. And yeah, reading through some of these posts. Uh, so it was the, uh, was it two years ago? The Parkland shooting? 2018. 2018. So three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the murder of 17 students and staffers at, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. And some some quotes from some folks who identify as incels. Valentine's Day feels a little more special this year. I'm happy for Valentine's Day because this time around I finally have something to celebrate. And this right. is how how they're remembering Parkland. It's euphoric to these people. Like that violence, it's 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 a justification on their between themselves and amongst themselves on these internet sites where they can uh, congregate. And then that parlays into reality. And what you get, the result of that is are things like Parkland. How, how do we get to a place where someone has so much hate and contempt? I'm an optimist. I feel, I hope I hold out hope that folks who have a worldview like this can ultimately be redeemed. And I'm not trying to sit here and disparage other people who might have those views. I, I just, I want to hold out hope that there could be another way than misogyny. Yeah, that would be. I and, guess I, I'm just kind of and, and it feels like, sorry, one more thing. When you are withheld love, I don't know if that's the right word, withheld, but in the absence of love, because we all have the human need, the human desire to be loved and to feel affection. And when you're going through life and you don't have that love and affection, so in the absence of that love, what are you left with? I can totally see how someone would, would turn to hate and contempt, but can, can there be another way? I would say yes. Just finding out what that is would be the difficult part. Yeah. I should, I don't, I don't believe in censorship of, freedom of speech, meaning like, I don't think people shouldn't be allowed to congregate on the internet and try to find people that are like them. But instead of congregating on hate, they can congregate on support. And Mm. instead of killing mass amounts of people at any given time, maybe they say, Hey, what can we do to fix our problem? That's not violent or hurtful to somebody else. It does feel like it's a brotherhood. You know, you look at how they interact with each other and, can't we just can't we have that brotherhood, but in a more constructive way? Yeah, I would hope so. That would be the hope. Merce, yeah. I interrupted you earlier. Oh, I, I guess I'm still just confused, uh, kind of dismissive. I guess I'd say. I just this is weird. It's different to me, and 
I don't know. It doesn't, this isn't something I've ever Googled. <laughs> so I don't know what to think of it. You haven't really thought about this world that much. Well, I know there's people out there that I don't agree with. So I guess this is just another one of those groups that I go, how does somebody believe that? It's beyond my understanding. Well, we talked about in episode one, it's like, or even several episodes that we've had, it's the same principle, but different context, which would be what are, what is cisgender? Somebody called me. I didn't even know what it was. So how could I even, how do I even know what to say when I don't even know what the words are? You know, how would I even know about this topic existed if, if, if I'm not part of that, you know, like Bren said, that brotherhood of people that perpetrated those crimes. Yeah. And this is definitely the other extreme of, of Valentine's day. You know, we, we spent this episode talking about how to love up on each other in, in more healthy ways, but we ought, we need to recognize that there's a flip side to Valentine's day, a very dark, 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 scary, and, and sad flip side to this day. And I mean, people have died because of it. And, it's it's an energy it's a movement that if anything it feels like it's picking up steam it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere we have all these we have school shootings to the point where it's it's routine now columbine when columbine happened it was like mind-blowing how could someone go and shoot up a school yeah now when it happens it's like oh here we go again you can't even recall the names of the school (laughs) right right Sandy Hook, Parkland, like, and so what's happening there? And a lot of it stems from toxic masculinity. How these shooters view shooting up a school as, oh, this is clearly the logical next step for me in life is to go shoot up this school. How did we get there? (laughs) And can there be another way? In my opinion, a lot of it stems from the fundamental absence of love that some of them might be experiencing and then it, they get into this echo chamber of hate mm-hmm. and that's how they get into that way of thinking whereas if maybe if they had experienced the love that they needed it would have gone down differently for them yeah i think that if they had somebody in their life i mean to me i i, I would be interested in the uh lives and on some of these more famous cases, there is information on that, but the antecedents to this, you know, what's their family life like? Do they have a strong male figure in their life? Do they have a strong female figure in their life? You know, it's real hard to be misogynistic when you have a woman that you love, that you respect and care for. I mean, Mm -hmm. I couldn't never treat another woman the way that these people would treat it, given that, my attachment to my mother, my sister, my aunts, my mm. friend, one of my best friends is a female, you know what I mean? And, uh, we have been for a long time and it's just, and that kind of thing is helpful to me. Having a woman who's a friend who I don't have right. to feel like whether there's a physical attraction or not, I don't, I feel safe and I can talk and get real answers from somebody who will always just give me their opinion on the truth as they know it. You know, that's useful. That's a really great point. And one thing I wanted to bring up, and I, I don't want to pile on or, or add to the tragedy that is a parent of someone 
who goes and shoots up a school. I cannot imagine what that is like. And I don't want to be part of like piling on to those parents, but there's this thing called attachment theory. And it's, it's something like when, when I was going through some really hard times in my life, um, I found this book, it's called attached. And I devoured that book because I knew I was feeling this just terribleness inside. (coughs) And I, and I wanted answers. I wanted to, do some major reflecting on myself to understand why I was feeling what, how I was feeling. And so I found this book, I devoured it. And the basic premise of the book and of attachment theory is that our relationships as adults closely mirror the relationships we had as children to our parents. And when I, saw that, that it just like everything clicked for me because I, I had kind of a tumultuous childhood and that explained why I was feeling so anxious about my adult relationships. And when, once I was able to be mindful enough to identify that was going on with me, it really changed the way I relate to people, the way I have relationships with people as an adult now, because I was mindful and aware of how my childhood was influencing my adult relationships. And the basics of attachment theory is there's a few different kinds of relationships or communication styles within a relationship. There's like an anxious type that might feel a little like kind of from the needy and clingy side of things where we are very attached to our partner and we sort of lean on them for emotional support. Then there's avoidant, which is sort of on the other side of the, more of the stoic side of the spectrum where we try to avoid conflict and avoid hard conversations. Uh, when something hard comes up, we just ignore it and pretend it didn't happen, which then, you know, leads to a whole other slew of other problems. Dismissive. Yeah. That's more of the dismissive side of things. And then there's secure relationship type where someone is secure in themselves who, who has a healthy form of dependency with their partner and is not overly dependent on them. Uh, and that's, I think where we all want to strive to be. And there's also like variations of all three of those styles and you can have a combination of those styles. Like I, in different ways, I identify with all three styles because I, I read up on this and have worked on myself. I feel like I've, evolved into a more secure space, but I still experience the anxiousness and experience the avoidance sometimes. So it takes a lot of work, Ben. And that's what I was talking about earlier. It takes a lot of work to be able to want to do that. And you really, the key word there is want to to do it, wanting Mm it. If you don't want it and you don't, and some of these people might not know it exists, but that's takes a lot. It it can take a a, a lot of work. And so attachment theory has been a very useful tool for me, just like we talked about love languages as a tool, as a framework we can use to try to be healthy in our masculinity. I would offer up attachment theory as a very excellent tool. And so then you, you start to see, oh, these people who shoot up schools, you know, we see them as monsters and, and we, you know, kind of like what Merz is saying, I, I can't even begin to approach relating to this, you know, someone who shoots up a school, but they're out there 
and there's a lot of them and the shootings keep happening. Although I guess the shootings have kind of slowed down with the quarantine, but, but it's out there. And, you know, and I think we see a lot of that in Trumpism too is coming from kind of the same place. It's hard to separate, Ben. Right. I mean, underneath all of the, the, like take Trump, for example, he is a person and he had obvious issues and his father <laughs> and with all that and his mother, you know, and, and, and yeah. what he says. And when you break it down, you can see why you know, his mom was an immigrant. You know, his dad was a member of the KKK. He was arrested and it was on yeah. file. Like it's, it's proven. There's no debate. Trump's niece. It was, it has written books about it. She's a psychologist. Right. And how like Donald Trump's dad didn't like offer that affection. Oh no. He pitted his kids against each other. It was almost right. like a hunger games thing. Yeah. And so and when given that context, boy, it makes perfect sense that we are where we are now. Right. With Donald Trump. And it doesn't excuse the actions that he's done, but it, it does make you think like, what if he just got loved yeah. as a kid? Right. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Uh, digging my nose. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold that up again. Murs. Things were getting pretty heavy, so. Yeah, we had to. Yeah, we, we are getting <laughs> a little heavy and dark. It is necessary. But that's life, though. That's it life. Is. We can't just be, it can't all be fun and games. We got to be real about what's happening hey. around us. Yeah, we got it. Is there, is there a dad it. joke we can throw in here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we have any. Uh, well, we have some dad jokes. I just don't know which one to, to use. Yeah. You kind of have to mention something that fits. Um, what what did one donut say to the other? I love you a whole lot. Oh, boy. Just like the hole in my soul. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> boom. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. But you know we're we're trying to be better men, and we need to look at stuff like this. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> real. I'm just like I don't want to seem I don't want to seem like I'm a I'm a person who's on the side of people who shoot up schools by saying you know maybe we should take another closer look at incels and and and, and not just hate people who are right in that sphere. Yeah, like is it? It's we have to be able to be strong enough to have compassion for those who are really struggling. And I mean, we need to hold people accountable for their actions, but really it, for me, it's like, I want to be able to talk to those who haven't shot up the school yet. There's a, something I wrote on my wall. I can't remember where I had, I found it, but it says be strong enough to be gentle. Hmm. And it's something that I, 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 I take very seriously and, in that sense, you know? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I don't know where Hello there. It. Hello. Say, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd stop by real quick to wish you guys a happy Valentine's Day. And I have a question for you. Serious, serious question here. Serious. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Yes, Richard. What are a chocolate bar's preferred gender pronouns? Her, she. <laughs> oh, that's hey, a repeat. Uh, we that's a repeat. <laughs> repeat. <laughs> repeat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rich has got to do push ups. 
<laughs> He's going to turn off his camera now so we, and just make a bunch of grunting noises. Well, you know, so it got me thinking because it's like if you have a pizza and it's got a whole bunch of slices, right? <laughs> yes, Mary. And what does one slice of pizza say to the other on Valentine's oh, Day? God. You got a pizza in my heart. Oh. All right, so we do have a serious topic here, and this is something that I was thinking about. Well, since we've been talking about this stuff, I mean, it's just deep. You know, there's something I kind of want to ask you guys about. Yeah, Maris, I really appreciate you um, just kind of pushing yourself to think about new perspectives, new ways of thinking, and just how much you've grown as a man since I've known you. So, yeah, what what do you got there, Maris? Thanks, Ben. Um, when does an orange date a banana? God damn it. <laughs> damn it, Mers. <laughs> when they find each other appealing. That oh! <laughs> joke. Leave it to Mers to find a way out of that conversation. <laughs> uh, well, we have. Excuse me. Excuse me. I have one last little thing here I want to say. This is a square for this guy here. I personally want to uh, thank Mers for telling me what a bunch is. It really means a lot. <laughs> Great. <laughs> We're going to keep it going. All right. Oh, 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 he got you on that uh, one. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Square 50s guy. Oh, my yeah, gosh. That'll do it right there. Boy, so we have really covered some really. Uh, covered a lot of ground covered a lot of ground today we've talked about the need to open up and not be completely stoic but also the need to know when to filter yourself and not put all of the emotional work and labor onto your partner and we've talked about those who might be lonely on valentine's day and some of the dark places that we've come to and we hope that we can find a better way Speaking of love, I wonder if Square Fifties guy ever figured out what to get for his wife. Well, I did think about it a little bit, and I sort of had a bit of a uh, personal self-help meeting with myself, and I was able to find uh, my lovely lady a nice little dress that she had her eye on for a while. I got it for a good deal, and I also got her some nice, lovely flowers that hopefully she's not hyperallergenic to. If not, I'm going to be sneezed out of the building. <laughs> Look at you go, Richard. I love it. Go, get it, buddy. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Final words, fellas. Butt cheeks. I personally want to thank Spaz for telling me what bonanza means. It really means a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Immature love says, I love you because I need you. Mature love says, I need you because I love you. All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. Remember to love each other. More than once a year. (laughs) Yes, please remember more than once a year. If you're anything like Johnny, it's more than once a day. Three times a day. There it is. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Yeah, see you later. Chase Beth. Oh, do you want to do your stinger real quick? Who's doing it? Johnny. I just did a stinger. Oh, God. <laughs> Your mouth isn't even open. Come on. Mm. Mm.
I didn't get to do my joke about my love life. <laughs> of course not. Tell us about your love life. Oh, much much like our production, my sex life is DYI. DYI, do yourself it. Do yourself in. <laughs> DIY. But it appears it was anything but. <laughs> Edit that out. That could be in the outtakes, actually. And when I say the outtakes, I mean the take out. What is wrong with you? You need to get that looked at, Johnny. What just happened? What do you All mean, right. what just happened? It's All you. Right, um, that was organic sound effect. <laughs> you, your ass is a soundboard. I just want to just want to point out that we didn't have one power drill sound this whole episode. I thought, I thought, didn't he use it when... I thought I heard one somewhere. Oh, now I, now I feel better. I feel way better now. I love getting screwed. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You guys are awesome. Thanks for listening to Sexy Dad Jokes. Check out our website at www.sexydadjokes.com and check out our merch store for all your amazing merch. Alright. Merchandise. 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 Yeah. Dig it. Dig it. Dig it. Dig it.